0: Alright, guys, welcome back to the Status of the Past podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level with me as always, my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we're back here to uh, dive into some thoughts on the offseason. Of course, uh, we kind of looked at uh, draft-specific stuff uh, more recently in terms of the biggest winners of the 2022 NFL draft, but now we're going to take that a step further and talk about some of the biggest winners of the entire off-season in the NFL, which, as we know, still uh, a ways to go, but. Dylan, a lot of teams have pretty much got their roster in place now in terms of all the the bigger moves have been Mm -hmm. made. There's still some guys out there, but, um, you know, the the ones that you feel like are going to make or break things seem to be in place for the most part. Uh, So uh, there's, you know, quite a few teams out there. We've said it, like we were talking about the draft, and, you know, there's some teams that, that had some really good drafts, and that helped kind of, you know, improve their overall offseason and um but there are some that have kind of probably been a bit above the rest in terms of maybe some of those franchise changing moves and um so th- th- there's a couple different teams that stand out to me but i know we have uh,
1: several to kind of run through there yeah i think you you might be included in the biggest winners of the nfl offseason with some of your recent news but uh <laughs> yeah go. it's uh and in terms of these teams the uh denver broncos obviously the one that just off the top of your head it's like we always talk about quarterbacks in this podcast as any good NFL podcast should in terms of obviously the importance of the position and how much it means no matter how good your roster is if you don't have a at least a solid guy under center it makes a uh, it might not mean much and Denver's kind of been stuck since Peyton Manning retired but obviously they're the team that comes to mind but not the only one I think there's a few teams uh, that you could say already had their QBs in place or at least one for sure one that maybe is still a little bit of a question marking, but they feel like they put their guy in the place to succeed, uh, given some of the moves they made, but yeah, focusing more on the positive teams here instead of the teams that maybe took a step back, I think um, at this point, at least for me the, these kind of teams are the ones coming up more easily when I think about the off season rather than some of the teams that uh, maybe are going to go from years and years of winning, maybe seattle 's on the only other one that obviously part of that same trade yeah. with Russell Wilson that come to mind with they still have a a solid foundation enough a lot of draft picks obviously that they got out of that trade and uh, maybe they're looking down a a few years but I think at least if we're talking about just 2022 definitely a team that has uh, taken a step back uh, considerably compared to the others
0: yeah I think so too and like you said that a lot of that has to do with Russell Wilson landing with the Broncos and I mean you know it's interesting because I think a couple of the teams in particular we'll talk about um, you know you mentioned the Broncos and I think the Chargers. We put in that category too, in terms of having two of the better off seasons of anyone in the NFL. And I mean, you and I have talked about it on recent episodes. We we did sort of the betting odds, and we looked at um, just how ridiculous mm-hmm. things were um, in that AFC West. And I mean, you're realistically talking about you know three different teams here uh, with the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers, whose you know odds have shot up you know astronomically and that's what we said you know it seems like the Raiders didn't have a bad offseason either getting Devontae Adams but they're you know sitting right there squarely in fourth when it comes to you know kind of where they're at maybe in that that order but yeah. uh, you know I mean the Broncos specifically you know we have talked about it over the years you kind of look at the the nucleus they have in place there we've always talked about Corlin Sutton and um you know just kind of the the superstar that he's become at times and now with a much more stable quarterback situation, I think that'll that'll only help uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. but you know there's some other guys there uh, as well obviously with, with Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, um, you know the running back group that they have um, that's a that's a nice nucleus you know for the Broncos and I think that that's something that again, when you're just able to basically change the entire landscape of your organization by bringing in someone like Russell Wilson, um, it's easy for us probably to look on paper and say, obviously they're going to be better, but mm-hmm. I don't even think we can even you know kind of put a value on just how much better they could be knowing that they have someone like that under center now.
1: Yeah, there might be a couple of teams that we'll get to that improved a wider range of positions. Um, but uh, as we mentioned at the top here, you go from the quarterbacks that Denver's had over the last few years to a guy like Russell Wilson, it just changes Everything for them, It's why they have to be mentioned as one of the most improved teams here at the top. I, I, they made some other solid deals. Um, I, I think the Randy Gregory, the, the, all that, how that whole situation ended up panning out, worked out well for Denver that his deal didn't work out there in Dallas before he comes here. They also get guys like DJ Jones and slot corner clown Williams. I mean, they, they have some solid pieces that they brought in beyond Russell. But like you mentioned, I mean, think about the receiving talent that they already have. In house, where this offense has looked, looked like it can go, they just haven't had the capability to go that route. And for Russell, uh, you know, that we've seen some of these guys that maybe they're in a place for a long time, and it gets just a tad—not necessarily stale—but um, yeah, things don't—you you don't end up progressing. You kind of plateau at a certain point. So I think the challenge of going to a new team, having the excitement of the of that city and, and that fan base—a really rabid fan base that is excited to compete um potentially with a few other teams in this division as we yeah we talked about this division a lot already this offseason for good reason it's probably going to become a, a regular subject for us because as we've said before this might you know whoever finishes last in this division might have an argument for being the best last place team um fourth place team since we've gone to the the four team division format uh, a little over 20 years ago i I just think of what the Raiders were able to do last season with the Chargers still, and we'll get to them in a second, some of the improvements they made, but how good they were on offense. Obviously, the Chiefs being the Chiefs, and now Denver with Russell. I mean... It's just it's tough to even think about who's going to finish last because you you feel like I mean like we said probably the I mean the Raiders are the odds favorite to the, or have the least odds to at least win the division they're probably the team you think about down there but they just made the playoffs they still have a, Derek Carr playing at a really high level they just brought in Devontae Adams uh, there's reason to believe that they're still going to be a pretty dang solid team uh, it's just someone's going to have to finish last and uh, I know that in the Peter King that his released his off season. Power rankings and out of the four AFC West teams, he actually had Denver the lowest. Um, I, I, you know, maybe I've just watched Russell Wilson so many times in the NFC West. I'm just, I, I'm confident that he's going to elevate them beyond that kind of place. But at the end but it's the same kind of thing I'm talking about. Someone has to finish last. Someone's going to go like yeah. one in five or two and four in these division games. Um, it's just someone has to win and someone has to lose, and someone's going to end up down there. It's just it's hard to predict who it's going to be. It feels like all these matchups between these four teams are going to have spreads that are fairly low um, uh, as long as the Raiders at least uh, don't take a major step back, and I just don't see them doing so um, with McDaniels coming in too. So, but, yeah, Denver definitely, I mean, they have to just – by the nature of the position to go from some of the QBs that they've had over the years and how it just wasn't enough uh, to watch, especially once Teddy got injured uh, last season. I mean, it's just Russell can really change everything for this team. And there's a reason for their fan base to be as excited as they are.
0: Yep. I think so too. And like you said, that's, um, let's just take your pick on kind of what you think is going to happen with some of those teams. Uh, And obviously the Chargers, as we said, among that group probably as well. When you kind of look at the off season they've had and, um you know we talked about them kind of in the draft and what they were able to accomplish there and again i mean that just goes back to the the strength of the afc west and um you know we talked about sort of the, the looking at the chiefs over the years recently and kind of seeing what they've been able to accomplish in that division but now it's just like well you look up and we just talked about the broncos the raiders made the playoffs you know they've they've got a game changer coming in devonte adams um and now you look at what the chargers have done and it's just like man Chiefs are still going to be really good, but my goodness, like these these other three teams are, are swinging, uh, and they're hitting for the most part, uh, especially I think the Chargers are one of those.
1: Yeah, the Chargers are the, the team maybe in the second spot here for me uh, behind Denver, uh, just based on the nature of all the positions they improved on. Obviously, if you get anything close to what Khalil Mack used to be out of him, opposite of Joey Bosa, I mean, your defensive line – takes a huge step forward. I think adding Sebastian Joseph Day, really, really important for them to throw in a guy and even Austin Johnson as well in free agency. These guys are made for the two-gap kind of scheme that we've seen Brandon Saley play when he has lighter boxes with his defense, too high safeties, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they were one of the worst teams at stopping the run. And literally at the, at the Raiders in that last game in Week 18, they just couldn't stop them in those last couple of plays when they put the ball on the ground, when they're playing a little more conservatively, when both teams could have tied and made the postseason and ended up being their kryptonite. And overall, over the course of the year, their defense just did not pull their weight given how high the offense ascended to. They did have some struggles along the right side of the offensive line. They they add, uh, you know, they draft Zion Johnson and just some of the other uh, they still have maybe uh, a need there, right tackle, but still overall feel like they address their biggest needs. Um, also adding J.C. Jackson. I mean, they, just the quantity... Of guys they brought in to address the secondary, some of the issues with the secondary, their issues at the run defense, and then the issues on the long side, the right side of the offensive line. You still have Justin Herbert taking another step. Yeah, I mean, everything he did last year was uh, just fantastic to watch. It was so fun to see what he was able to ascend to. He, obviously, even as a rookie the year before, he had looked great, but he felt like he took his game to another level. And it's just crazy to think about what he might be able to do when he has a little more time and has a defense that's not forcing him to constantly put up 30-plus points in order to get Ws. And I think, yeah, there's a reason that expectations are really high for the Chargers. Um, I think, just, yeah, just the quantity of moves they were able to make um, – uh, and also being able to maintain Mike Williams, sign him to that extension before the receiver market really went out of whack uh, with the Christian Kirk deal and all the things that happened uh, with Tyreek getting traded and all that stuff. But the markets just completely uh, raised the bar to a different level. I think they did a good job getting that deal finished at the time. So, yeah, um, I think the Chargers, for me, right there with one other team um, in this kind of range, uh, just by default behind Denver only because Denver – it's hard to say a team like like the Chargers are already on the on the verge of making the playoffs, and they improved for sure in a lot of areas, in my opinion. But uh, I still can't rank them ahead of Denver, given where Denver was and what Russell Wilson intends to elevate that franchise to.
0: Well, I mean, I have the Bucks on my list, and I mean, there's one reason why. Um, you know, because if you're the Bucks, you're looking at the possibility of having <laughs> no idea what your quarterback situation is going to look like um, heading into the season, and now you get Tom Brady back. So I think that's a that's a significant win uh, for the Bucks in the off season, so I think you have to put them in there too which again maybe a little bit different because it's it is more focused on one specific player but but they had some guys coming back as well um you know Leonard Fournette's mm-hmm. coming back and um they, they made some some quality moves but I think just the significance of having him return um now we don't have those questions that, that we would have had had he not been there.
1: Yeah, it's almost like if, if we're framing this as most improved, you're like, did they improve because they kept guys? But if you look at just yeah. best off-seasons, I think uh, for sure just the fact that they went from not having Tom Brady at the beginning of the off-season to having him, I mean, it, <laughs> I'd argue that's a pretty big uh, reason to put them in, in this category and even approved if we take, like, that version of their off-season where it was going into what it's transformed into with Ryan Jensen obviously resigning basically as a result of Tom coming back um, – uh, they, they bring in a Russell Gage. I'd actually completely forgot about that until just now uh, to, to join them from Atlanta. Um, you know, at times it looked like they're going to lose Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, both guys end up staying. Um, they've had some, uh, they are going to lose a number of guys, including in and Sue, Jason Pierre, Paul Jordan Whitehead, it looks like, but Akeem Hicks obviously just signing. There was huge to, re- to help replace Sue and basically made it uh, at a, a surety that he wouldn't come back but they, they are still going to lose some guys but i think at the end of the day given also where the nfc is it's not this isn't the afc where there's just maybe one of the deepest conferences even last year was ridiculously deep and i think it's only getting more deep as we talked about during free agency it felt like every big addition uh was going to an afc team and most of the big subtractions were going from nfc teams so i think yeah just by with Tom coming back, just with most of the pieces they have back, even if they've, um, and then they obviously were able to send a fifth rounder for Shaq Mason to help um, replace our Ali Marpet there at guard. I think, yeah, they're they're still it's them. Yeah, probably, I still think really highly of the Niners. No, I yeah, know their whole situation with the quarterbacks is a is still up in the air, and obviously even also Debo. Even if the Debo Samuel stuff is kind of quieted down, I feel like they've done a good job handling that. But I think Tampa, San Francisco. Green Bay and the Rams, I think some order those four are, are the top teams in that conference and I think Tom being there uh, and being back uh, just really uh, puts the Bucks in this in this range as well and, and should be, uh, again maybe not necessarily the most improved uh, but definitely one of the top off seasons. The one team that I was going to also bring up in this range, I think it's, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are the one that I mentioned to you before, yeah. we started recording that, I mean, just the sheer volume of of uh, players again, similar to the Chargers, but a little different situation that I kind of alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. Obviously, um, are they sure uh, that Jalen Hurts is the the quarterback for their future? I think they've put him in a place now in 2022 where it's like, here's the keys. Prove it right now with uh, obviously bringing in AJ Brown and what that <laughs> can mean for that offense. I think having that kind of weapon there on top of Devontae Smith. I mean, this. This team has a chance on that side to be much better in the passing game. Last year they had to completely transform to running the ball. They still have a solid offensive line. I still think they are going to be able to get the job done on that when they put the ball on the ground and what Hertz is able to do himself. But I think A.J. Brown's just catch radius and different things where you can just throw him up the ball, I think it's really going to give a safety net. For Hertz, that should help him quite a bit. I think on defense, obviously, we'll see uh, health wise. N'Kobe Dean, given the value where they got him, I think it was a fantastic pick. We talked about that after the draft. If he's able to contribute anyway uh, early in this year, that's that should help quite a bit. But they also just brought in a lot of guys. Obviously, the James Bradbury deal, the Hassan Reddick deal. How they even handled, you know, going back further uh, with the, uh, they really were able to capitalize on the, all the cap space they kind of built out in the draft assets from that Carson Wentz trade to Indianapolis. And I I think they did a great job. I really, you know, uh, we talked about this on our last episode with the early futures odds. And I looked at Philadelphia and I believe it was eight and a half. And I was like, I just, I see this as at least a nine and eight team, even better when you look at their schedule. I think there's a, they they should be, I still think the Cowboys top end with how that defense ascended last year. The Cowboys are still the, the favorite in my mind in that division, but I don't think the Eagles are so far behind um, depending on what Jalen can do. But I still think they're – I mean, they made the playoffs last year. I think they're only better. I think 9-8, and eight, they should be able to improve upon that kind of record. I think still uh, I'd have to check to see maybe maybe over the last couple of weeks those odds have uh, changed a tad. Maybe they're up to 9.5 or something. But, uh, man, I saw that was the one that stuck out. I was like, this offseason, what, what things they did. I, fe- I, f- I just feel really strong with that Philadelphia should be at least a playoff team as a wild card in 2022
0: yep uh, I think so too they're easily uh, among the group that I have on, on my list like you said I mean you just look at what they, they got with A.J. Brown now you got Devontae Smith there um, those two together you just the possibilities are endless um, yeah. and it'll certainly help Jalen Hurts uh, continue uh, his improvement there there's no doubt about it and then you know there, there's some things they're going to be able to do on defense obviously we talked about the addition of Jordan Davis and those kind of guys and um, what that could mean as well so yeah, I think the, the Eagles easily top 5 when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, most improved teams and probably as we said easily in that group of of having the best offseason. I think another one the Bengals um yeah. everything we talked about last year was uh was seeing Joe Burrow, you know, going to the ground. Well, they certainly um did a good job I think addressing that and and we always say, I mean, the team that loses in the Super Bowl, we kind of know the trend and how hard it is to to get back their Period. Whether you win or lose, but um, I think the the Bengals have had a pretty good off season too. And just knowing that it was clear what the number one priority was going to be, um, and I think they've certainly gone out and addressed that. And I think for Joe Burrow, um, he's feeling pretty good probably about where things stand now. So.
1: Yeah, he should feel fantastic about it. I, they they definitely looked so not completely differently than what the Chiefs did a year before obviously much different uh, Super Bowls in terms of how close the Bengals were to beating the Rams and how the Chiefs the previous year were blown out against Tampa but similar in terms of both offensive lines for Kansas City and Cincinnati in those Super Bowls getting decimated at certain points by the opposing defenses more based on injuries for Kansas City than Cincinnati I think Uh, so they went straight up but still just like Kansas City last year we saw Kansas City address it in the draft and in free agency and in trades Cincinnati's right on top of getting Lael Collins, bringing in Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. And even if Jackson Carmen does start, that would still mean probably three different new starters up front for them. Uh, They do lose lose Uzama in free agency. They brought in Hayden Hurst, who maybe at certain times looked better in Baltimore than he did in Atlanta the last couple years. But, um, yeah, they just – Overall, I've lost a couple guys on defense. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be quite the same side there, but I I still believe in that scheme that they have going. I still think, obviously, um, franchising Jesse Bates made a lot of sense. We thought he would be an easy franchise candidate back early in the offseason. So uh, we'll see. I still think um, at the end of the day, though, just having the offensive line improved, I mean, even if the defense takes takes a step back, I think this is a top-flight offense. And it's just crazy to think overall about the Bengals in terms of Um, I know we didn't do a schedule episode this year but looking at all the primetime games and at least like, even if they're not primetime they're still top CBS, likely the Jim Nance, Tony Romo games that the Bengals are playing in. It's just took one year for this team to completely uh, transform its brand and um, I think, you know A lot of guys, like we kind of talked about after the Super Bowl, a lot of guys are going to look at the Bengals free agents and different players and look at Joe Burrow and be like, I want to be a part of that. And sure enough, all these offensive linemen jumping at the opportunity to go to Cincinnati, they had the cap space to do it. I think they definitely deserve to be mentioned um, uh, given the biggest needs that they had and how, you know, if they had some better uh, players along their offensive line. Obviously not even an average offensive line or even a top 10 offensive line at times would have struggled with that Rams defensive front. But uh, it might have been the difference uh, given the fact that the Bengals didn't score any points in their last four or five possessions when all they really needed was one more score to probably seal that game.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking around at some of these other – I think, to me, those are the the main ones. Again, those are just the main ones I had mm-hmm. on my list. I, I think the Bills probably are in there just knowing that they, they got Von Miller. Yeah. To me, I think that's one that – I mean, we're talking about a team, again, we know how close they were to, to being in the Super Bowl. And, you know, we're not. One, it's one of those, like we said, where it's not like they made a ton of moves, but yet I think that they – you know, I don't want to say quietly because it really wasn't quietly, but, I mean, I I think they've got a lot in place here. Um, and picking up Von Miller was very significant as we know and um, just knowing what that does for a defense that was already really good um, you know and and kind of looking at it from from that standpoint you know they also added Jameson Crowder as wide receiver I think that's an interesting addition too just because again we had always talked about him as someone as you know high potential type guy but problem was he played for the Jets and um, you just didn't ever know if he was going to be able to, to meet that, and so uh, I think that's certainly, I mean, they added, what, O.J. Howard, I guess to another yep. tight end that gives them an option, so I think the Bills are, I don't want to say, again, I don't want to say it was quietly a good off season, but I think they had a good win. Another one, I mean, I think it's right there in that division, and I, I know it's kind of going back to the one-player <laughs> sort of theme, but I mean, I don't think there's any way you can call the Dolphins a loser by adding Tyree Kill based on how that entire situation <laughs> played out. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that I expect to put the Dolphins on that same level as some of these other teams we talked about but I think just by adding him and knowing what that could do for their offense um, all things considered um, I mean I think you have to kind of put them right there in that mix too which again they also had you know they kind of revamped their entire running back situation so I think the Dolphins and the Bills are two other ones I'd, I'd kind of point to in that scenario.
1: Yeah, I think with the Bills, given where how good they were and how uh, they were one of the top teams in DVOA and offense and defense, it's hard to really improve. But I do think at certain spots, as you mentioned, they do. Um, I think Jamison Crowder taking over basically the Cole Beasley role with some of the other guys that they've already improved on their team. I mean, it should take the Bills to another level. um, uh, I I really think Crowder's a really good receiver. I think, like you said, just needs to be in the right system. And I'm, I think he could have a career year, even if those numbers aren't like strikingly massive for fantasy purposes. But when you add them to what Digs, what some of these guys um, uh, can do, there already Gabriel Davis starting to ascend as the year went on. I think they could have a really scary receiving group um, there. I'm excited to see what James Cook can do. I was uh, higher on him maybe in terms of my total, like where I thought about the college running backs coming out of this draft. I think he's an should fit right in and, and be a weapon also in the passing game for them, as you mentioned, Von Miller. Obviously, that's the number one thing. We saw when he got to the Rams, and not that he wasn't already playing well for the Broncos, but once it went down to those playoff games and the in the games down the stretch of the season, um, when they're trying to battle to win the division, I mean, he took his game from a different level from the first three or four games or how many that he played with the Rams. I think just his value, and I'm sure they're going to have him on a pitch count throughout the course of the season. But I think. Having him overall uh, for the for the stretch run of the playoffs, that's going to be a huge factor because we saw their defense. They needed the, kind of that one guy on the edge. I think they brought after a couple of years to Arizona. He was in Arizona, bringing Jordan Phillips back into the fold, who looked really good with the last time he was in Buffalo in 2019. Um, just looking overall on their defense, definitely um, just keeping most of the guys. Um, on that team otherwise they still had a solid group overall so again yeah for a team that already was as good as the Bills I don't think you could ask for uh, more from them and for the Dolphins maybe I'm biased because of how many times he tormented the Rams but I think Mike McDaniel just that that addition on its own is a huge improvement for Miami not that um, Brian Flores wasn't doing a great job given the circumstances of his employment with how the owner felt about him how the GM potentially felt about him and all those the drama there, which still, it's been kind of weird how, at least from what what I've seen, it's kind of quieted down a bit more, given where it was at a certain point in the offseason. Um, but, I mean, you add Armstead, you add, obviously, as you mentioned, Tyreek Hill to the mold. They end up getting Raheem Mostert, who obviously did quite a few good things under under McDaniel in San Francisco. Not that the offensive line is still going to be at the level of anything that the Niners have had over the last few years, but I think, obviously, um, getting Armstead just on its own is such a huge thing and what Tyreek can do for any um uh, any offense in terms of opening things up and opportunities that other players should be able to get um from him being there I it should be a, a really fun and uh, just overall I'm excited to see what McDaniel schemes up I think he's a he's a great coach at looking at his players and it, it just so happened in San Francisco he had Players that were fit for maybe a more of a running game, and it's also where he, kind of as a result, had to evolve given um, some of this other assistants he was working with, like Sean McVay, like Matt Lafleur under Kyle Shanahan back in Washington. So he, I just think that's going to be fun to see what Miami cooks up. I think him himself, uh, all these great players they bring in. They spent a lot of money um, that they had and should be spending given what they've done over the last few seasons. They still have pretty good draft capital moving forward, even if they didn't have as many picks this year because of that uh, Tyree trade. But um, I think yeah, they're a team that you have to feel pretty good about, at least for Tua's sake, especially on the offensive side. Maybe, you know, I thought Fl- Flores had that defense going in a pretty good direction last year over the course of the season. They started having some really uh solid performances, but I think offensively for Tua, uh um, uh you've gotta feel good about what they've been able to put around him and now not not a different pressure than Jalen Hurts, uh maybe more, uh given where he was drafted and um yeah, and some of the guys that were drafted around him like Burrow and Herbert, but I think Tua definitely has some pressure in year one under Mike McDaniel to to perform, and I think he he's definitely an, a big improvement at on the offensive coaching side. The only other teams I'm try- that kind of came to mind while we're talking here are maybe ones that I wouldn't say one or uh, the most improved yet, but maybe had really good drafts that over time, like the Jets and the Bravens that could end up making this one of their most yeah. improved. Like maybe when we look back after the season, we're like, wow, look at. Kyle Hamilton just become a monster at safety for, for Baltimore. They um, also bring in Marcus Williams. I, I think it's just an interesting uh, group of, of players that they brought in um, overall. Obviously, you know, with Marcus Brown being out, it is kind of a uh, interesting to look at the receiving corps. I still have questions there. But overall, um, still feel pretty good about what Baltimore did in the draft, widely acclaimed, um, and then also the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson had you know adding Garrett Wilson potentially there to be a, a major weapon for him makes a huge difference. They bring in Lakin Tomlinson. They get Uzama. Uh, they they have some. Uh, I know I'm blanking on some other guys, but uh, obviously bringing in Ahmad Gardner. They have potential out of all the teams we looked at that top end of their draft. We're like they could have like three legit starters. Jermaine Johnson's the other one. They could have they could have three legit starters just already from one draft, which on its own that's a great importing of talent it's just maybe compared to some of these other teams we've discussed those two are a little more draft based than free agency obviously Marcus Williams still though from free agency for Baltimore and, and uh, Tomlinson for the Jets but I think potentially they're teams that we could end up looking back on and being like wow they're off they, they end up really taking a big step forward um, from this off season.
0: Yep. Also, got Greg Zerline, Greg DeLeg, the leg, of the Jets. So, um, <laughs> you never know how much of a, an addition that could be. But, uh, yeah, th- so those are mainly, again, like you said, those are kind of the teams that set out to meet you. I'm glad you mentioned the Jets. I mean, that was a lot of that was draft related, but I think, as you mentioned, they've got some other guys that they brought in as well. And um, so, we'll see. that. Those are just kind of the ones I think that, that stand out right now. But um, we'll probably, you know, obviously talk more about that as we go through. Uh, starting to look ahead. I mean, the, the calendar's turned to June now. So, I mean, before you know it, it'll be August, and um, we'll be talking about preseason and yeah. making predictions for next season and all that. So it's really not that far away uh, at this point. So, uh, But, yeah, those are the, the teams that kind of, uh, I guess, we look at as sort of having the, the biggest winners, um, you know, to this point at least. And, and as we mentioned earlier, you know, there are still some guys out there that could maybe swing that one way or the other, but it seems like those are kind of the ones that, that are kind of set at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, there might be some that uh, spark up in certain moves. There's always like one drafted player uh, or it's a couple drafted guys that end up sparking, becoming much better. It's just hard to say overall. I'm like, I'm trying to think of other teams. Like, I like what, um, for example, how Green Bay's defense is shaped up. I think I mentioned that on the last episode with some of their draft picks. But I'm also like. You lost Devontae Adams, so it's hard to really mention you in this yeah. uh, list. Maybe the Raiders <laughs> deserve a mention for adding Devontae um, to their <laughs> offense, just add, adding yeah. potentially the best receiver in the NFL. That, that That's worth something. But otherwise, I think, yeah, we, we nailed some of the teams for me that initially come up as the most improved, um, trying to think of others. But I think we did a decent job here looking at some of the, the best. And I'm sure we'll have some – maybe a, maybe we'll have a midseason – note on one of our episodes where we look at yeah. all right which teams actually have taken that <laughs> biggest step from last year
0: yep we'll talk more about it uh, as we go along here but uh, for now dylan uh, of course uh, lots of stuff happening uh nfl offseason never stops uh nba finals about to get started uh, baseball in full swing let everybody know we can find all that at clutch points
1: yeah you can follow all the nba finals games in the clutch points app all of our coverage tons of betting content on all the different props, parlays that you can do for the finals available on the betting section of ClutchPoints.com, also in the NBA section of the ClutchPoints app. Yeah, you can follow all the MLB games as well, especially once uh, basketball ends. Those will be the only games active in the app for a little while. Uh, like you mentioned, NFL won't be too far off uh, from uh, from being in there, but you can follow all those games there. Tons of NFL content still. We're putting, pushing out a lot of series. Now, looking over, uh, kind of taking a step back at of the offseason, but also looking forward uh with some early uh predictions for different players They're still looking at other moves that post freedom in the draft team should be making the best freedom available all that good stuff you can find in the nfl section um and yeah i i know i kind of like briefly mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast but congratulations to blake who became a father <laughs> and over the last uh couple weeks here since we uh, haven't uh, you know a lot more important things in recording a podcast have been going on in the level household, but congratulations to you, man. Awesome stuff. And it sounds like it's been going great.
0: Thanks, and uh, hopefully the next Tom Brady on the way, um, <laughs> then we'll have a lot of podcast sponsors at that point. But, um, yes, no, thanks. It's uh, off to a good start, and uh, we will see uh, if the future NFL quarterback uh, is ready to go here in, in the next uh, couple decades. So, uh, yes, yeah, so be sure to check everything out at Clutch Points. Uh, and, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast you to use, search for Stabs to Pass. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast and we you next time when on. Stop, that. stop,